This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Welcome to episode 52 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Amos and Andy was the first radio sitcom that starred white men playing black characters, and it was created and written by the two stars, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell. Originally airing on WMAQ in Chicago, the show became so popular that it went nationwide on NBC Radio and later CBS Radio and Television. It started out as a nightly radio serial from 1928 to 1943, then as a weekly sitcom from 1943 to 1955, and in its final days as a nightly disc jockey program from 1954 to 1960. A TV version ran from 1951 to 1953 with different actors, and was in syndicated reruns until 1960. The theme song for both the radio and TV versions of the show was The Perfect Song by Joseph Briel. It also spawned a feature film, Check and Double Check, with Gazin and Carell playing their characters in blackface. This offended not a small number of critics, and even Gosden and Carell were unhappy with the film, which nevertheless was RKO's biggest box office hit at the time. Fred Allen was an American comedian who got his start on vaudeville and Broadway before becoming famous on radio. After several unsuccessful shows in the 1920s, Allen's show The Linnet Bath Club Review on CBS in 1932 took off, changing names multiple times over the next few years as the sponsors also changed eventually becoming just The Fred Allen Show in 1939, over Allen's objections. Fred Allen and Jack Benny were very close friends in private, but their famous feud on each other's shows was legendary, to the point that most listeners believed it to be true. In reality, it was just a gag. Allen had frequent clashes with his sponsors and the radio executives over censorship. For example, Allen was ordered to change the cockney accent of a first mate on the Queen Mary on the grounds that the ship's first mate could be a cultured man who might not like a Cockney accent. He also had to fight to keep the character Mrs. Nussbaum in the show's routines because NBC was afraid that Jewish dialect humor might offend Jewish people, despite the fact that Jewish dialect humor had been a staple of vaudeville and burlesque shows for years. The show ran until 1949. Now sit back and enjoy the October 12, 1952 broadcast of Amos and Andy, and the January 22nd, 1933 broadcast of The Fred Allen Show. Andy, you know what that music says? Yes, sir, Amos. That music say good health to all from Rexall. and Andy Show, written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher, featuring Ernestine Wade, Johnny Lee, Amanda Randolph, Roy Glenn, Will Wright, Lillian Randolph, Jeff Alexander's music, yours truly, Harlow Wilcox, and starring radio's all-time favorites, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, Amos and Andy. 
How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Freeman Gosden. Later in this program, you will hear from your Rexall family druggist about the biggest money-saving event of the year, Rexall's great one-cent sale that starts this coming Wednesday. This is the famous sale where you get two guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one, plus a penny. Here is your chance to really cut the cost of living. So this week, from Wednesday through Saturday, be sure to shop and save at your friendly Rexall drugstore. It's Rexall's great one-cent sale. Well, a whole week has gone by at the home of George Kingfish Stevens without an argument or a harsh word. Right now, Sapphire, Kingfish, and Mama sit in the living room. All is quiet and serene. Oh, what a wonderful week. No arguments, no fights. Oh, yes, Dalton. I've never been so happy and contented in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, Mama. I got to hand it to you. Sitting there in your rocking chair, you look just like Whistler's mother. <laughs> the only thing that might detract from the sweet artistic picture is your feet soaking in that pan of Epsom salts there. Well, George, we have fought a lot in the past, but of course, when we did, I was always good-natured about it. Yeah, you know you're right, honey. Of course, uh, I was a little more good-natured about it than you was, though. Uh, George, dear... If you'll forgive me for correcting you, I is the good-natured one. Well, if you don't mind me expressing an opinion here, I must say that if you was good-natured, you was the nastiest good-natured person I'd have Now, see here, George Stevens, it so happens it's been my good nature that has preserved the sweetness and light in our marriage, you bum! Yes, you miserable weasel. Don't you tell my daughter she ain't good-natured. We has always been a good-natured family. And if you say once more that we ain't, I'm going to let you have it in the kisser with this pan of Epsom salt. Now, wait a minute. If we get any more good-natured around here, the neighbors is going to call the riot squad again. <laughs> Any man can be good-natured if he spent his life sponging off a couple of poor women. Mama's right, George. Well, is that so? Well, let me tell you something. I could walk out of here right now and come back tonight with five or six hundred dollars in my pocket. Just like that. Five or six hundred dollars, huh? Well, here's your hat and there's the door. And don't you come back till you got it, you Mr. Big Mom. All right, I will. <laughs> hmm... I got to get $500 by the night. And I got to get it by using my ingenuity. Hmm. I wonder if I went back in there if they'd settle for a dollar and a quarter. I... Uh, hello? Hello? Uh, hello, is this the ever-ready known company? Uh, the one that advertises over the television? Uh, money quick, no red tape. Uh, fine. Now, my name is George Kingfish Stevens, and I want to borrow $500. You want to know what? Where I work? Now, look, we ain't going to get no place if you're going to pull the red tape on me right off the bat. <laughs> well, I know you has rules, but, Mr. Everready, if you could just let me, uh, 
Uh, uh, hold the phone a minute. Uh, somebody just come into office here. Uh, can I help you, madam? I'm looking for Mr. Wilson. Well, no Mr. Wilson here. I want to telephone here, wait a minute. Uh, hello, uh, Miss Everetti. Uh, about that loan, I know you as a man of kindness, of pity, and... Are you sure there's no Mr. Wilson here? I wrote to this address about paying him a $2,500 reward. Uh, like I, uh, begging you, Miss Everetti, uh, uh, like, uh, hold the phone. <laughs> Madam, uh, you say something about the uh, $25 uh, reward? No, no, $2,500. Uh, yeah. Uh, Miss Everetti, uh, is you still there? Fine. Drop dead. <laughs> uh, Madam, pull up a chair here. Now, uh, about this $2,500. Uh... Well, am I in the right place? Is this the Wilson Detective Agency? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 that's what it is all right, yeah. That, that's well, it. then you know all about it from my letter. Your letter? Uh, well, now, uh, let me explain to you about the letter. You see, uh, 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 we being a detective agency here, we don't want no evidence laying around, so I done tore up your letter if I read it. See what I mean yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Now, you better refresh my memory up on the thing. What, what was in the thing there? Uh, well, I see. Well, like I said in my letter, my husband, Reginald Simpson, deserted me 25 years ago. Deserted you, huh? Yes. And I've come into some money recently, so I'm prepared to pay your detective agency $2,500 if you can locate him. Oh, yeah, yeah. It all comes back to me now. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, don't worry. We'll locate the boy for you. Well, I imagine Reginald has changed a lot in 25 years. Mm -hmm. All I have to go on is just one picture of him. Now, this was taken on our honeymoon. Mm, let me see here. Oh, honeymoon in Alaska. I see he's leaning against the totem pole there. That's me. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so it is. You never see a totem pole blowed up like that, I know. <laughs> uh, you ain't seen him for 25 years. Hmm. Now, you think you'll be able to locate him? You can see from the picture there that he's tall and thin and wears a straw hat. Yeah, but you know how peoples can change. I wouldn't be surprised if today he might very well be fat, dumpy, and wearing a derby, you know? <laughs> so you see, Andy, the whole thing is simple. All you got to do is to pose as this Reginald Simpson, and we can get the $2,500 reward. Well, I don't want to punch no holes in a good idea right off the bat, Kingfish, but seems to me it's ideas like this that make Leavenworth and San Quentin the big success they is today. <laughs> oh, now look, Andy, uh, there ain't no danger, you see. Uh, she thinks that I as a detective. See, she come into office by mistake. Yeah. Now, she ain't seen her husband in 25 years. Yeah, well, maybe that's all right. Uh, what did this Miss Simpson look like? Well, now, I got a picture right here, Andy. Uh, there she is, right there on her honeymoon. Wow. She sure was a homely-looking young gal, all right. But, hey, look at there. That's a nice string of beads around her neck. What kind is they? Uh, let me look here. Uh, no, no, Andy, them ain't beads. It's just that the moles on her chin has kind of uh, happened to grow in a semicircle there. <laughs> what a mess. She is awful. Now, listen, Andy. The years has done mellowed, Mrs. Simpson. She is a real dignified-looking old lady. Her face has sagged quite a bit, and now them moles give her a nice mutton-chop effect. <laughs> she looks a little like Henry Clay. 
Nothing doing, Kingfish. I ain't going to be her long-lost husband, Reginald Simpson. Not with a face like that. Well, now, wait a minute, Andy. Listen. Now, look here. You look away from the picture a minute and think about that $2,500. Yeah. Now, you got that in your mind there? Yeah. Fine. Now, look back at the picture. Mm. What do you say, Andy? Just call me Reggie. <laughs> You're talking, boy. Yeah, well, I like the $2,500, all right, but I still don't see how we're going to convince Mrs. Simpson that I was her husband. Leave it to me, Andy. Any man that could sell the Titanic for scrap three times in one year won't have no trouble unloading a hunk of junk like you. Now, you don't... Uh-huh. Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist with the kind of news I like to tell you. Next Wednesday morning, October 15th, Rexall's tremendous one-cent sale begins. From then until the closing of the store, Saturday night, you can buy two guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one, plus a penny. Yes, a penny more buys twice as much. What's more, this offer applies to literally hundreds of drug and household needs. From aspirin to imported olive oil, from Christmas cards to bobby pins, from cold cream to stationery. But most important of all, these are Rexall products, and you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. So remember, friends, starting next Wednesday, a penny more buys twice as much at Rexall drugstores everywhere. <laughs> You say you done phoned Miss Simpson and told her you found her long-lost husband. But that's right, Andy. And she'd be here in a half an hour for the tearful reunion, my boy. Yeah, but suppose she starts asking me questions about our marriage. I ain't going to be able to answer them. After all, if we was married, we must have struck up some kind of acquaintanceship. <laughs> well, now, that's covered, Andy, old boy. You see, she thinks that I as a detective. So me and her has done worked out a plan. Now, she has got four questions that if you know the answer to, will prove you as her long-lost husband. Yeah, well, what is the question? Well, now, here's question number one. Now, listen, Anna, the first question is the state that you was married in, the state that you honeymooned in, and the state you deserted in. Now, the answer is to question number one, California, Washington, and North Dakota. California, Washington, and North Dakota. And the second question is the name of your three children. There's Mandy, Morton, and John. Mandy, Morton, John. Question number three, she's going to ask you, she's going to say, I once had an operation, what did they remove? And the answer is four gallstones. Four gallstones. And the last question she's going to ask you is, she's going to say, what did you give me for a wedding present? And the answer to that is a silver fox jacket. Yeah, silver fox jacket. Now, you got it straight, Andy. Them is the full question she's going to ask. Kingfish, I'll remember them answers word for word, or my name ain't Reggie Simpleton. Simpson, you fool. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, Mrs. Simpson, allow me to introduce you up with your long-lost husband, Reginald. Oh, Reginald, after all these years, looking at you, I can hardly believe you's alive. Uh, likewise. <laughs> well, old Reg here look just the same, don't it, Miss Simpson? Well, I don't know. 
several years ago he was so thin and now he's so big and heavy. Yeah, well, now, your genuine long-lost husband was explaining that to me. Uh, right after he deserted you, why, you got a bad case of the bloating virus. <laughs> he got that, why, the next thing he got was the puffy pleurisy. <laughs> and then lately he's had a touch of gout. So, with the bloating, the puffing, and the gouting, he is the flat swab that you see today. <laughs> But I would like to make certain he's really Reginald. Yeah, well, well I don't blame you about that. Uh, put him to the test there. Ask him them full vital questions you, you done worked out there. Yeah, that's right. Ask me anything. Very well. What were the names of our three children? California, Washington, and North Dakota. <laughs> well, I better ask you another one. Now, I once had an operation. What did they remove? A uh, silver fox jacket. <laughs> Well, what did you give me for a wedding gift? Four gallstones. <laughs> what is you talking about? You were giving me all the wrong answers. Well, what is you talking about? You were giving me all the wrong questions. <laughs> well, just wait a minute, Charlie. Let everybody calm down here. Let's see what done happen, Miss Simpson. i tell you what. You see, I think your long-lost husband here is all excited about meeting you. Now, let's quiet down here and start the whole thing over, will you? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah well, very well. Yes, we are all a little excited. Yeah. Now, let's start all over again. Now, I had an operation. What did they take out? California, Washington, and North Dakota. <laughs> now, 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 Mill Simpson, uh, wait a minute. Uh, just, just, just ask him another question, will you please, ma'am? What did you give me as a wedding gift? Mandy, Morton, and John. <laughs> Heard of. No, me. I was getting a headache. Uh, excuse me, Miss Simpson, uh, while I take your long-lost husband over in the corner here. Uh, right this way, long-lost husband. Come yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> there. What's wrong with you, you big dummy? You done messed the thing up. Well, she done switched the questions on me. Now, <laughs> look stupid. This means $2,500. And the next time she asks you a question, think before you answer the thing. Yeah, okay. I'll get it straight. You know something, Kingfish? What? She sure do look like Henry Clay. <laughs> Come on. Well, uh, we are all right now, Miss Simpson. Well, this is your last chance. Reginald, what did you give me for a wedding present? A silver fox jacket. Yeah, see there? Yeah. Oh, he really your husband already. Ask him another question. Then. All right. What were the names of our three children? Manny, Moe, and Jack. <laughs> I mean, M M M Mandy, Morton, and John. Yeah, you see that, Miss Simpson? Oh, he got him 100%. Well, there you is. One long-lost husband, signed, sealed, and delivered COD. Just make out the check to cash there. That's all. Well, I'm just about convinced he is my husband, but I would like a day or two to think it over. Well, you would, huh? Well, you wouldn't want to sign the check and think it over while the check is clearing the bank, would you? No, but you'll be hearing from me. Goodbye, my Reginald. So long, Henry. I mean, uh... Uh, what do you think, Kingfish? Well, now, don't worry, Andy. I think we got her. Wow, what a face. Kingfish, I bet Reginald is still running. Yeah, Andy, as soon as I see this picture in the newspaper of you and this item about... 
Mrs. Simpson finding a long-lost husband, I come over here to see you. Yeah, Amos, she done punked over and decided that I was her missing husband. Yeah, so you was fell for another of the Kingfisher schemes, Andy. Andy Brown, I is disgusted with you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself doing this for $2,500. Oh, you think we ought to get more money out of her, huh? <laughs> oh, look here, Andy Brown. You just going to get yourself in trouble. Uh, uh, oh, come in, Kingfish. Come well, in. well, hi there, Andy. Hi, Amos. Uh, see the item in the newspaper? We all set. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I really fed up on you two pulling stuff like this. I don't even want to talk to you. So long. Mm-hmm. Nice fellow, that Amos, but he ain't got no business of mine. Well, I tell you, uh... Wait a minute, wait a minute. That must be Amos coming back. His conscience is bothering him. Come in. How do you do? I'm looking for a Mr. Reginald Simpson. Yeah, well, uh, I is Reginald Simpson. Oh, fine. I saw this item about you in the paper. I'm from the Bureau of Internal Revenue. (laughs) Mr. Simpson, we have a $900 back tax claim against you. And if it's not settled immediately, we're taking court action. Well, wait a minute here now. I ain't... Wait a minute. Shut up, you dummy. Uh... Mr. Simpson here will be very happy to settle the claim with the Bureau. Oh, fine. I'll stop back in a day or so and see if we can't wind this thing up. Yeah, we have it ready for you then. I'll see you in a couple of days then. Goodbye. Bye. Listen, Kingfish, why didn't you tell him I wasn't Mr. Simpson? Now, listen, you nitwit. If it come, if it come out that you ain't uh, Reginald Simpson, we lose the $2,500. Now, all we got to do is to raise $900 to pay off this government fella. And then when we get to $2,500, we are still $1,600 to the good. Holy mackerel, these government taxes is really something. I ain't earned nothing in the last 25 years, but I owes them $900. Now, here is your Rexall family druggist. Next Wednesday morning, October 15th, Rexall's greatest one-cent sale begins. The tremendous sale where you get two absolutely top-quality guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one plus a penny. Exactly how does that work? Well, for example, the regular price for a pint bottle of Rexall MI-31 mouthwash is 79 cents. But during the one-cent sale, you get two bottles for only 80 cents. You mean I just add a penny, yet I get twice as much? Exactly. What's more, you'll find literally hundreds of these double bargains in our stores. Everything from rubbing alcohol to adhesive tape, from cosmetics to billfolds, plus more than 60 super specials on every type of household need. How long does this sale last? From next Wednesday morning till the closing of the stores Saturday night. Four miracle days when a penny more buys twice as much at Rexall Drug Stores everywhere. We got to raise $900. Let me get in here and talk to Algonquin Jay Calhoun. Well, how you, Kingfish? Say, uh, Calhoun, I want to talk to you. Uh, uh, Calhoun, uh, what you doing there at your desk, anyway? Who, me? Oh, I'm just sitting here tearing the paper off a cigarette. Oh, yeah, I see them do that on the television. Uh, that's pretty good, ain't it? Yeah, but to tell you one thing... It's still a lot easier to smoke with the papers on. <laughs> but look here, now look here, Calhoun. I got a big problem. Yeah. I got to raise $900 in a hurry. 
Well, now, ain't you got nothing you can borrow on, like insurance policies or something? No, no, I don't borrow on all my personal policies. The only policy I got left is the accident policy at the large hall, uh-huh. and I can't borrow on that. The only way I could get any money from that if yeah. somebody, one of the brothers, uh, fell in the large hall and, uh, yeah. and, uh, um... <coughs> Calhoun, did you think I could? I certainly do. And Andy is the perfect one to take the dive. <laughs> the policy pays $500 now to the injured brother. Yes. Now, if I can get the insurance man uh, over here to increase, uh, get him over there and have a talk with him to increase the thing to $900, then stage the accident. Yeah, yeah. And while the man from the insurance company is there, Andy can come in and claim he done broke his leg or something. You might even get a phony doctor to, 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 to back up the claim. Yeah, I hope it works. Because I got to get a hold of money to prove to my wife that I got brains. Wife trouble again, huh? Oh, yeah. You know, Kingfish, a thing like this makes me glad that I'm a bachelor. Calhoun, now you has always been single, ain't you? Well, in my youth, I was sort of a timid boy, Kingfish. Yeah, I used to wander out in the woods and frolic in the babbling brooks. You know, Kingfish, it wasn't until I was 17 years old that I learned about the birds and bees. Yeah, well, uh, how come you never got married, Calhoun? Well, I never could find a bird or a bee that I was that interested in. <laughs> Well, there you are, Mr. Stevens. That raises the payments on your accident policy with our company to $900 per accident. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Peterson. Uh, nice of you to come over to the large hall here. Oh, that's perfectly all right. Service is our motto. Yeah, you say now the policy is in effect immediately. Yeah. Oh, not that we're expecting any accidents, but it's nice to know them things. Case the hand of fate stepped in and tripped up one of our loving brothers or something, you know. Oh, yes, yes. We can't be too careful. Well, I've got to be going. Well, must you be leaving so soon? Uh, thought you might want to stay around for the accident. I mean, uh, <laughs> what, what, what you heard? Uh, well, I'm a little tired today. I've been in court most of the week. Oh, yeah, in court, yeah. Yes, you insurance fellows in court, uh, a lot uh, while we're paying out money to people that hurt themselves and all that. <laughs> well, uh, no. No, this week I've been in court prosecuting several phony claims. Oh, uh, my bridge almost popped out on me there. Uh, you say you was in court, uh, Professor Wooden there, what's that? Thing? Filing criminal action against people who tried to defraud our company. Why, last week a pair tried to pull a phony automobile accident. We sent them up for ten years. Oops, uh, yeah, my bridge again. Uh, I better hang on to the thing. I got an idea from here in it's going to be a pretty gummy conversation here. <laughs> yes, we uh, have another case coming up. Looks like the man's going to get 30 years. Mm, yeah, well, naturally, if you're busy prosecuting and everything, I don't want to keep you. So why don't you go on running along there? Uh, just, uh... Uh, hi, Kingfish. Uh, help me to a chair, will you? I just broke my leg on the front step. Oh. <laughs> you, you just broke your leg. I'd like to take a look at that. Oh, look at that. good work, Kingfish. I see you got the phony doctor here already. Phony doctor? Yeah, yeah. I'll just lay down on the couch here, and then we'll be all set when that poor boob from the insurance company comes in. Phony doctors, broken leg. 
Stevens, what's going on here? Oh, oh sorry, Mr. Peterson. I guess you ain't met Mr. Brown here. He is the large hall jokester. A boy's a regular Sid Caesar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you talking about? I ain't no jokester, Kingfish. Yeah, of course you was a jokester, Mr. Brown. Because nobody but a jokester would come in here and pretend he broke his leg in front of a man from the insurance company who has already put four people in jail this week. You know something? For the first time, I just realized how funny I is. <laughs> well, yes, that is quite a prank. Sort of pulling the leg here, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a sense of humor. Have to in my business, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Funny joke, all right. Saying about breaking his leg in the phony doctor. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Dr. Calhoun is here. Where's the poor southern victim that done broke his leg? Yeah, well, well, if it ain't Emma Jean Coker. Come in. <laughs> I can tell without putting my glasses on that this is a $900 fracture. Oh, I, I didn't notice you had company here, Kingfish. Uh, uh, look here, uh, this here man that's staring at me with that jailing look, <laughs> he ain't... Uh, he is. <laughs> oh. Uh, Mr. Peterson, uh... Yes, Mr. Stevens? Will you tear up the policy or shall I? <laughs> Yes, sir, mister, uh, there is the $900 for the back taxes. Yes, sir, there you is. Fine. Now, this settles your account with the Income Tax Bureau, Mr. Simpson. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we went through everything to get this money, mister. Uh, we had to take a loan on our car, raise mortgage on the large hall. Oh, yes, I even sold some of our old clothes. Well, you realize your debt to the Bureau comes first. Oh, yes, sir, oh, yes, sir, we does that, yes. Sir. Fine. Now, I'm taking this money right over to my superior. All right, sir. Good day. Good day, sir. Good day. Goodbye. Well, Andy, now we goes up and gets the $2,500 from Mrs. Simpson, and that leaves us $1,600 to the good. Yeah, Kingfish, it sure is a comfort to know we got Mrs. Simpson and her $2,500 worth of blubber to fall back on. Oh, There we are, $900. He settled the claim in full. Wonderful, honey. You know this missing husband racket works even better here than it did in California. <laughs> Friends, this week you have a chance to really cut your cost of living. Rexall's gigantic one-cent sale begins next Wednesday morning. The only nationwide sale where you can buy two guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one plus a penny. And this unmatched offer applies to literally hundreds of drug and household needs, plus more than 60 super specials. Items like bath towels, toothbrushes, vitamins, stationery, priced so low you'll hardly believe your eyes. Take a tip from Harlow Wilcox. Let your pennies save you dollars. During Rexall's greatest one-cent sale, Wednesday through Saturday, at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, visit your Rexall family drugstore. And above all, don't forget to exercise your right as an American citizen and get out and vote. Thank you and good night. See you next Sunday.
Remember, Rexall's nationwide one-cent sale begins next Wednesday morning. The sale where you get two guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one plus a penny. Remember, next Wednesday through Saturday, just step inside a Rexall store and buy twice as much for a penny more. Be sure to be with us next week at the same time when your Rexall druggist will again present the Amos and Andy Show. Stay tuned for the Edgar Bergen Charlie McCarthy program, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The makers of Lynette, the bath way to a soft, smooth skin, present for your entertainment Fred Allen and his associate members of the Lynette Bath Club Review. An announcement of unusual importance to every woman in the radio audience will be made later in this program. Be sure to listen for it. And now, on with the show. Club Review starts a new series of radio presentations. We have had so many requests to repeat some of our earlier program backgrounds that in the future broadcast, we are going to remain in each business for two or three weeks. We hope that you will have as much fun listening in as we have in preparing and presenting these little reviews. Tonight, we take you to the court of Judge Allen. The court hasn't opened yet, and while the judge is busy in his chamber, Lou Katzman is using the courtroom to render a musical verdict. Judge Allen, just a minute. Hello? No, court isn't open yet. I'm in my chamber. Yes, I try cases over the phone, Mrs. Lummox. You want a divorce? First you caught your husband kissing the woman upstairs. Then you caught him kissing the woman downstairs. Then he kissed the cook, huh? No, don't divorce him yet. It may be your turn next. The reporters are here, Your Honor. Send them in. Good morning, Judge. 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 Good morning
morning, Jack. Hello, Joe. Hello, May. What's on your mind? Oh, the editor wants to know something about your new court. Yeah, what's the big idea opening your own court? Well, I'll tell you. The city police courts are old-fashioned. For years, they've had everything their own way. There's been no competition. Well, what do you mean? Well, they don't cater to the customer. Every time you get arrested, they drag you down to court, whether it's convenient or not. They've been using the same old sentences for years... And they're still giving people pre-war fines. It's outrageous. Well, what's your court doing? In the first place, I'm open day and night. Well, what about fines? They've got to come down. In my court, you can pay your fine on the installment plan. If I fine you $10 and you haven't got it, you can make me an offer and I'll bet you won't get away. Say, that's great. Oh, this will look good in the papers. Everything else is cut rate and I'm running a cut rate court. No case too small for me to handle. I want to put crime within the reach of every man. And you'll get justice here just as cheap as you'll get at any place. Okay, Your Honor. Well, so long. Make it strong in the papers, folks. Right. If I put this uh, over, I'll start a chain of cut-rate courts around the country. It'll put the police out of business. Court is ready to open, Your Honor. Say, how does my new robe look? Well. Okay, I'll go right in. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. All first men business for the cut-rate court. Give it a dinner. Order in the court, please. Order in the court. Sit down, everybody. First case? John Flogg versus Caesar Bemis. Assault and battery. What happened, John? Well, I was working at my filling station on the night of the 7th, Your Honor, when this man here... Mr. Bemis? Yes, he drove up in a roller skate. A roller skate? Hey, I'll brain him. Now, wait a minute. Wait. Order in the court, please. If he makes fun of my car again, I'll... Sit down, Bemis. Yes, Your Honor. Now, Mr. Flug, continue. Well, as I was saying, he drove up the filling station, and I waited on him, and he slugged me. That's all, Flug. He hit you for nothing? Yes, Your Honor. He didn't charge me a cent. Now, uh, Bemis, take the stand and tell us your version. Yes, Your Honor. Six months ago, I bought a small car. A baby Boston? Yes, Your Honor. And my life's been miserable ever since. People laugh at you when you're in it. Yes, right? Your Honor. And dogs bark in through the windshield? Yes, I I couldn't stand it any longer. But why did you assault Mr. Flood? I drove up to his filling station and said, give me some gas and oil. Yes? He said, a teaspoonful of gas and four drops of oil ought to fix you up. Gosh, that's a pretty old joke. Yeah, I heard it a million times since I bought the car. But I didn't say anything. When I paid him, he said, that'll be 45 cents for weaning your scooter. And then you struck him. No. No, he looked at the car and said, if you want want me to sneeze in the tires, it'll be 15 cents extra. And then you punched him. No, I threw the car at him. Blood, you'll fine $2.32 for assault. Bemis, for throwing the car, I'll fine you $3 for the battery. Next case. Your Honor, Officer Moifey, he arrested these two midgets. Charges, officer? Creating a disturbance in the day nursery. I don't try midgets in here. You know that. Take them to a lower court. This is the lowest court I know. That's belittling, Murphy. Ten dollars fine. All right. I got it right here in my pocket. And 30 days. See if you've got that in your pocket, too. Next. There's a little boy, Your Honor. Hello. Oh, hello, Portland. Are you surprised to see me here? Yes. What were you arrested for? Oh, I'm not arrested. Papa didn't come home tonight. No? Not yet. Mama heard the patrol go by the house. So she asked me to stop in and see if it was Papa. He hasn't come in yet. Well, it's early. I'll just wait till he gets here. How do you know he's coming here? Well, Mama gave him a $10 bill to get changed this noontime, and he wasn't home at 6 o'clock. Every time he has money, he does the same thing. Does what? Well, first he takes out enough to pay his fine. Then he goes to his speakeasy and lets nature take its course. If your mother knew he wouldn't come home, why did she give him the $10? It's funny. She thought she was giving it to a stranger. Oh, didn't she know your father? No. He hadn't been home for so long. He, she didn't remember his face. Was he away? 
No, he's been working day and night. Those are long hours. Yes, he was working for an interior decorator. And the shop was open day and night? Yes, they're not real interior decorators. But if you want something to drink in the middle of the night, you just call up. What did they sell to decorate your interior? Detrimental wine, mostly. Detrimental wine. It's sort of a cordial shop. Yes, they're very polite in there. Did your father lose his job? Yes, he brought some of the wine home, and Mama thought it was furniture polish. What happened? My cousin didn't know what it was, and he shined his shoes with it. What happened to him? When he finished, he was in a stocking feet. That wine is detrimental, all right. That's what Mama said. Mama said what? She said if you christened a boat with it, the boat would have an extra porthole. Say, your father must be unlucky. Yes, he had bad luck in his building and loan, too. Really? He went down there to draw out his money, and he stood in line all afternoon. I could never understand why they called it the building and loan. Well, when Papa finally got in the building, he was alone. That's too bad. Did he get his money? Yes. He started a rumor that the company was solvent. And all the people put their money back in again? Yes. Your father certainly was clever to start a rumor like that. He wasn't so clever. He saw the people rushing back to invest. So what? Well, Papa said there might be something in the rumor after all. So he put his money back in, too. That finishes me. You can sit down here. When you hear the musical gong, it'll probably be your father. I hope so. Next case. Philbert Lavender. Yes, Your Honor. You're charged with picking things up in department stores and forgetting to pay for them. Oh, I'm so absent-minded, Judge. I pick up the strangest thing. My best friend was a blacksmith, but now he hates me. Why? Well, you see, in a moment of weakness, I stole his anvil. A uh, kleptomaniac, eh? Now, you're charged with stealing six bottles of perfume. Guilty or not guilty? Oh, anything that will please you, Judge. Thirty days will make me very happy. Oh, thank you. That tickles me pink. Thanks. Lillian Lowhill. Lillian Lowhill. Take it easy, copper. I hear you. Yours is a very strange case, Miss Lowhill. I'd advise you to get a lawyer. Listen, I got in here without a lawyer, and I'll get out the same way. You're charged with leaving things in stores and public places. Now, on January 4th, you left a pound of cheese in a flower shop. On the 20th? I know. I left four herrings in a jewelry store. Yesterday, you were caught leaving cremel in the public library. Now, what's the idea? Well, it's this way, Your Honor. I used to steal things every place I went. I couldn't help it. It was like a disease. You mean you were a shoplifter? Yeah. Some big doctor said he'd cure me if I'd take ten treatments. What happened? Well, I took twenty treatments to make sure. I overdid it. Didn't you stop shoplifting? Yeah, but now I go around leaving things in places. It's like another disease. I'll fix you up. Officer? Yes, Your Honor. Bring that kleptomaniac in here. Yes, Your Honor. Say, don't put me in a cell with that guy. I'm not putting you in a cell. Yes, Your Honor. Here I am, Judgey. You great big legal beauty, you. Meet Miss Lowhill. Oh, charm, dearie. Take it easy, Maisie. Now I'll release you two on one condition. Philbert, you follow Miss Lowheel wherever she goes. I order you to pick up the things she leaves around. That'll keep you both out of trouble. Thanks, Your Honor. Wait a minute. Lock the doors. My watch is gone. Oh, Judgey. Here it is, Judge. I've seen him take it. Fine. You two are working together already. Next. Randolph, you saggy bottom. Yes, Your Honor. You're charged with parking your car overtime. Your Honor, I didn't. Order, please. Will you plead guilty? The fine is $8.15 for one offense, or two parkings for $15. I'm not guilty. All right, take the stand. You find out whether you're guilty or not. Now, it says here you not only parked overtime, but your car was next to a fire hydrant. Your Honor, I... Order, please. 
While the car was parked, a fire broke out, and the fireman couldn't connect the hose. Fireman Spark? Yes, Your Honor. What happened? We drove up with the engine, and the car was in the way. We seen we couldn't do nothing, so we went to another fire. And the house burned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I'm not guilty. Oh, you're not. Did you know that the heat from the burning building blistered the back of Miller's Market? Mrs. Miller. Yes, Your Honor. Take the stand. Did you see the defendant's car parked near the fire hydrant? Yes, Your Honor. Tell us what you know about the case. Well, my husband owns a butcher shop. And when the building next door burned down, it melted the ice in the ice box and spoiled all the meat. How do you know it spoiled the meat? Because my husband's sick from eating it. Are you sure he was tomeane from this particular meat? Yes. Mrs. Clancy bought some of it and her husband nearly died. That's all. Mr. Clancy. I'm not silly, Your Honor. Keep quiet, Saggy Bottom. Now, Clancy, what is your occupation? I'm a letter carrier. And you were poisoned by this meat? I nearly died, Your Honor. I lost my job on account of it. I took sick and couldn't deliver the mail until two days later. And uh, when you couldn't deliver the mail, Miss Baxter was dispossessed. Miss Baxter? I tell Your Honor. Tell us your story. Well, my rent was overdue, and I sent a check the very day that Mr. Clancy was stricken. And your check, naturally, wasn't delivered in the mail. No, Your Honor. My letter stayed in Clancy's bag, and I was dispossessed that night, Your Honor. I'm not guilty. I'm not through, Mr. Saggy Bottom. This is a court of justice. Now, when Miss Baxter's check failed to arrive, the landlord, Mr. Finebum, found himself in financial difficulty. Mrs. Finebum? Yes, George. Tell us uh, about your husband's dilemma. Well, I'll tell you. Mr. Feinbaum owed the bank on his mortgage, you see. He was going to use Miss Baxter's checks to settle the amount. But he didn't receive the check, so he couldn't pay the bank. <sighs> no, the bank took the building away from my husband. Oh, and Mr. Feinbaum went crazy. He jumped out of a window. No, I'm a widow. I'm not guilty, Your Honor. No, Randolph, you saggy bottom. You're not guilty on the charge of parking overtime. But if your car hadn't been parked in front of the fire hydrant, Humbert Feinbaum would be alive today. I hereby sentence you, uh, charge you with the murder of Humbert Feinbaum and sentence you to 40 years. What was that shot? Your Honor, Saggy Bottoms killed himself. Killed himself? That'll be 10 years more for contempt of court. Next case. Ronald C. Blotto. Mr. Blotto, you're charged with intoxication, refusing to pay your check at a speakeasy, resisting an officer, and inciting a riot. Guilty or not guilty? See my lawyer. Is your attorney here in court? Right there, Your Honor, honor, on the uh, job. Wait a minute. Who are you? I, I, I'm Roy Retwell, Roy Retwell, counter at law, uh, notary niblick, uh, public. uh, public. Uh, Roy Atwell? Yes, yes, Your Honor. Is the defendant guilty? Guilty? I mean, guilt, guilty? Yes. No. A thousand islands, no. I demand a hapless corpus, a flounder. I mean, a corpus. My, my client is as innocent as a few born, I mean, a newborn blade, a babe. This, this place is as clear as a crystal. Order in the court, please. Oh, no harm done, Your Honor. Uh, my, my client is feeding his goat. I mean, feeling his boat, his oat. Uh, Mr. Blotto's a quince, uh, I mean, a prince. The hail fellow and well wet. Uh, meat, uh, men, men. No, never mind that. Put him on the stand. No sooner sl- shed than, than bun- uh, done. I, I, I'll have him acquitted in two slakes in milkshakes of a clam's pail. Uh, clam's jail, uh, tail. Mr. Motto, uh, Blotter, uh, will you take the strand? Your Allen, he's, he's a slobber. I mean, as sober as a fudge. Yes. Proceed with the case, if you will. Exactly. Now, sister, uh, Mr. Blotto, we want the truth and butter, not the sleuth. Uh, the, 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 Mr. Truth, we want the sleuth and nothing but... Uh, I object. Wait a minute. 
What are you objecting for? Well, I thought I, I'd take, uh, take the words out of your mouth. Every, sli- every time I try a, cha- a case, or somebody objects. Atta boy, Darrow. Atta boy, old Clarence. Order, please. Now, was your client in the speakeasy on the night in question? Of course he was in the squeakeasy. Every, every man has his place, and my client's place, place was in the pig and bristle, the whistle. What's that? With the wig and thistle, I mean the pig and pickle, the whistle, that's the sneaky, the squeak. Oh, let it go, let it go. Please, please. Had the defendant been drinking? Mrs. Blotto, have you been drunk- uh, drinking? I was polluted. There's the bell, boy. Was I yes, drank yes, a lot of It's a list of link, uh, drinks. Two, two brandy bloats, I mean brandy goats, boats, and uh, Tom and Beery, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry. When did the trouble start? The stubble start, I mean the trouble start, there was no bubble startle. Uh, someone put a, dr- a drum's extra, I mean a bum's extra, a uh, mum's extra fly bottle in, in my client's gland, a hand, and, and he mo- tossed it out of a wait- to, to a waiter. Hello, boy, old technocrat, hello, boy. Quiet, quiet, please. Now he tossed the bottle. He bossed the toddle, yes, the, the bum's extra dry dottle, and, and the mater, I mean the waiter ducked, and the the bottle went through the windmill, uh, the window. Then the police came in. Yes, the bops broke down. I mean, the cops broke. I mean, the broke. Uh, the bops broke down the door, pores, the doors. But the bottle was empty, and the the cops wanted to know why. Hail, hail! Order, hail, order, hail, please. Hail. Now continue, Mister Atwell. But my client was as cute as a cucumber, as cute as a cool. Uh, he, he he threw a trap. I mean, he threw a pop a cop through a window, uh, through a window, a window. The same window. Yes, he saw a soul, a hole in the window, and he didn't want to see it go to ha- waste. Sure, I'm have a little drink. Here, here, Blotto. Put that flask away. I object. Pass it around. Give me the flask, officer. It's nothing, Your Honor. It's ginger jail or root rear. A beer, I'll bet. If this is intoxicating liquor, Blotto will get luck. Intoxicating ticker? I mean, uh, uh, taste it. Uh, taste it, Your Honor. Uh, why, why, it's probably nothing but some, some mouth moss, uh, mouth sauce, or, or a gargle that he's been taking for a sore goat. I mean, a sore soap. Mmm, it smells like liquor. Taste it, Your Honor. Taste it. Tastes like liquor, too. You try it, Atwell. Yes. Mm. Ah, that's not jicker, a litter. It's a liquor. It's, uh, I'll say it's lemon lospate. Yeah, let me taste it again. No. Mm, it's scotch. No, no, give, give me another taste. Uh, taste. Uh, no, mm, no, no, that's not splotch. It's, it's orange bo- uh, squash. Uh, well, I'll try once more. No, it's scotch. Wait, Stop that sting, you. If I could sing better than myself. Don't deny, Nudge. I mean, son. Hey, well, let's make it a thrill. All right, boys, let's go. Let's your case, Miss Snoop. Well, I am president of the Sisters of the Blue Nose. The Floppo Stock Company put on an indecent show and we raided the theater. Mr. Ham, are you the producer of these shows? I'm not only the producer, but the guiding star, the leading light. We're going to put your light out. The actors are a public menace. Show them no mercy, Judge. The quality of mercy is not strange. This is no time for poetry, Ham. What show are you presenting? That famous melodrama... 
And the smell of the Yukon. Oh, yes. That's the play about the Alaskan gold rush. It's indecent, Judge. It's all about gold diggers. All is not gold that's in bridge work, madam. No proverbs, Ham. Are you guilty or not guilty? You're the judge. That's right. I forgot. Is your company here? Yes, Your Honor. They're terrible, too. We'll soon find out. Now, let me see the questionable part of this play. Yes, gladly. You'll see the play is as clean as the driven snow. Yes, snow that's been driven through Pittsburgh. Quiet, quiet. On with the show. I say, big chief running pants, are you sure you know the way? Huh? We know every foot in Alaska. Oh, Your Honor, that's a suggestive remark. He knows every foot. He's an Indian chiropodist. That's not vulgar. Go on, Ann. The place is full of wolves. Look at those tracks. Huh? Wolves no have tracks. Sick car have tracks. Look, chief. In the mountain, those figures are moving. Huh? Mountain ghost. You mean it's a haunted mountain? Huh? Good haunting ground. Much ghost. Goats? I thought you said ghosts. It's a beautiful sight. Thousands of goats. It's the smell of the Yukon. Huh? Much beautiful. Pui. Speaking of ghosts, reminds me of Frisco Kate. She's up here somewhere, Chief Running Pants, and I'll find her if it takes all night. Oh, Your Honor, Frisco Kate is Quiet, a... quiet. Huh, look, he big dance hall, much good fire water, free wall. They'll go in. They may know Frisco Kate. Hello there, stranger. Come on in and get warm. Thank you, gal. Huh, where's Barn? In the back room, straight ahead. What do you have, stranger? Two Tom and Jerry's. I'll give you Tom, but they're more out of Jerry's. Two Tom's, then. You prospecting for gold? No, partner. I'm a seeking Frisco Kate. She's worth her weight in gold to any man. She ain't been here, stranger. I wonder if any of the boys have met up with her. Wait a minute. I'll pull the joint. Quiet, everybody. Give me your attention. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Ham. This show is putrid, but it's not vulgar. It's obscene. Miss Snoop, you're wasting the court's time. This acting isn't suggestive. No, but the dancing is. What dancing? Well, when I saw the show, a girl named La Belle Fatima did a dance called the Dying Duck. The Dying Duck? Yes. And from the looks of her costume, the duck died of exposure. Mr. Ham? Yes, Your Honor. Is La Belle Fatima here? Yes, but she can't dance, Your Honor. Her costume is missing. <laughs> a little thing like that shouldn't stop her. Quiet. Miss Snoop, not known near knowing the nature of the dance, I can't act. Nature of the dance is right. It was all nature. Well, since I can't see the dying duck, I'll have to dismiss the case. No, Your Honor. Before I'll see these criminals freed, I'll do the dance for you myself. You will? How did it start? Well, she came out wiggling, like this. Mm -hmm. I see. And then what happened? Well, her feet stood still and her body acted like $2 worth of jelly, looking for a place to gel, uh -huh. like this. I'm getting a good idea of it now. You're under arrest. Just a minute, officer. Watch this. It's a rage, Your Honor. We've had complaint about your court. We'll have to pinch this dame who's doing oh. the dance. Oh, there's a mistake. Oh, save me, save me, Judge. You'll get 20 years for this, Miss Snoop. Oh. oh, I'll never live to do it. Do as much of it as you can. Come on, lady. Come on.
Why not endure the soothing luxury of a limit bath? Notice what complete relaxation it affords your entire body. I notice, too, the refreshing difference in your skin. Limit, spelled L-I-N-I-T, is sold by your grocery store, drug, or department store. And costs only 10 to 15 cents according to the size of the package. Before returning you to Fred Allen, may we again remind you of our attractive perfume container offer. Make a memo now to write for yours tonight. Send the top flap of a linnet package together with 10 cents to cover handling and postage. You will find the address printed on both the linnet and cremel packages. And here is Fred Allen. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll all be looking for you next Sunday, so so long. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.